Jack, but the heart is the street. So when they feel this, they feel me. But I can't feel nothing. What's going on? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am the captain. I am the leader. I am the legend of all things you see. All-American Chelsea, what's going on? It's your boy Christian coming back again to you. Live from beautiful Miami, Florida in the good old U.S. of A. Bro, you can talk all the shit you want about Machine Gun Kelly, about him holding a massive L versus Eminem. But you cannot, not, not deny how fucking amazing this track is. Bro, this song hypes me up always, always, always. Bro, Machine Gun Kelly has a few bangers. I'm not going to lie. He has a few bangers. A lot of bangers. He's never... I really... I, I kind of feel like he does not get the respect that... I don't know. I don't want to say that he deserves, but I feel like I'm not. I'm not the one that that's in the position to be giving him the respect he's looking for. That's assuming that he's looking for my respect. He's not looking for it. Yo, whatever. But I feel like he doesn't get all. Like he doesn't get respect. I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, I. But I don't know why. Um. Cause he can definitely rap his ass off and his music is not bad. It's just tough, man. It's just, it's just tough when you are a white rapper. It's just tough. So, I mean, Eminem has earned Eminem's a monster. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is, man, but whatever. I enjoy his music. I like it. So what's going on, everybody? Your boy's back. Um, on another episode of the podcast, welcome, welcome, it is August 19th, 2019, August 19th, 2019, it's always weird to me because I'm actually recording this August 18th, so I'm like, when is this coming out, when is it coming out, August 19th, uh, yeah, we, Chelsea drew today, so, yeah. Either way, the episode of the podcast is fantastic. I got Matt Piper on. If you don't know who Matt Piper is, Matt Piper is the current uh, radio broadcaster for the BBC for Leicester. He also used to play for Leicester back in the days in the early 2000s. Um, So he was a player in the Premier League. He's played against Frank Lampard. He's played at Stamford Bridge in the podcast that he and I, the the conversation he and I have is anything short of epic. I'm telling you right now, right now, the 2019-2020 guest of the year for sure is Matt Piper. As of right now, for sure, Matt Piper. People are going to have to step their game up if they want to touch this interview that I have with him. I'm not going to gas it up any any longer. You guys are going to decide. But what's going on, everybody? It's been a minute. Well, I did put out an episode. I put out the post-match review for um, Manchester United. It was a little late, but it was still relevant. I didn't get to do the post-match review for the Liverpool match, but my thoughts are simple. Um, We drew, in my opinion. Yeah, I know we went to penalties, but in my opinion, we took the Champions League 
winner to through 120 minutes and we drew um we were attacking we definitely could have won that match absolutely could have won that match and i'm proud of the performance that the boys put in so those are my thoughts but outside of that what's going on everybody um little update from last week all right so one thing you guys i really don't talk about too much is movies and tv shows i mean i dabbled here and there with game of thrones but i really haven't given you another another show to watch recommendation i think i'm one day i'm going to start another podcast and it's going to be about my thoughts on movies and tv shows and I'm going to start doing a little bit more of that. Maybe sharing a little bit more of that because I, there's few things that I know about in this world. One is movies. And two is women with fat butts. I definitely know about that. But and TV shows. Um, those are things that I know about. <laughs> those are things that I know about. Um, everything else I'm just learning about. So, but a, a TV show that a lot of people are talking about but not enough are talking about is handmaid's tale and the season three finale came out on wednesday and i'll i'm not shy to admit um at this end of the episode i had tears running down my face i wasn't like boo i wasn't like <laughs> i wasn't like that but like a man like a man i was sitting there silently and tears were running down my face what a show handmaid's tale on hulu oh my god what a show what an absolute show it's it's art it's it's art i I even no bullshit i reached out to the director of cinematography her name is zoe um i reached out to her on instagram i sent her a dm she saw it she read it because it said scene but she never responded to it but just the cinematography is amazing everything about the show is amazing the story the writing the 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 acting it's 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 phenomenal handmaid's tale handmaid's tale if you guys are not watching that please do yourself a favor and watch handmaid's tales on hulu i'm not going to get too much into it because as far as what what the show is about because it kind of doesn't do it justice if i tell you that it's about um it's 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 a dystopian i'm a sucker for dystopian uh movies or shows or anything like that and god damn it this one is so good so so good i like to put it in my mind in my mind handmaid's tale is taking it's in the same timeline as the movie of children of men if you guys ever seen the movie another excellent movie children of men then it it exists in the same space as Handmaid's Tale. It's just children of men are happening in 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 England and the UK and in in Britain, and Handmaid's Tale is happening in Gilead, which is United States, which kind of gives you a clue on on what the show is about. But man, what an excellent show! What an excellent show that finished on Wednesday. Handmaid's Tale, guys, another excellent show. Attack on Titan, both uh, just ended season three. My God, Handmaid's Tale, Attack on Titan, two shows that if you're not watching it, I know Attack on Titan gets a lot of hype, but if you're not watching these two shows, do yourself the favor. They're easily found on the internet. You can easily find these shows on the internet. 
please, please, please watch them. What else? What else did I got for you guys? Did you see the UFC last night? This card for the UFC has been circled on many a calendar around the world, and it did not disappoint. It did not disappoint, especially the main card. Especially the main card. You had it off. You started it off with Corey Sanhagen um, going up against Rafael Asuncao. Here's a little interesting fun fact. Rafael's brother, which was Junior, fought in the UFC. Junior Sunsao was one of my clients when I was a, a, a banker. He was legit my client. Um, he and I would converse many a time when he was, you know, he was my client. So we would talk about fights. He used to, he fought against Nick, uh, Nate Diaz in the UFC. Good dude, good dude, good dude. But he lost to, uh, Rafael lost to Corey Sanhagen. Corey Sanhagen looks like a ginger Jorginho. I said that during the fight. I said that during the fight. Corey Sanhagen looks like Ginger Jorginho. But Corey is a beast on the feet. He's 5'11". He's fighting 135 pounds. He's going to give a lot of people problems at that weight class. He's on somebody to keep, his, to keep your eye on. Corey Sanhagen. Uh, another, the next fight on the card. Super Sadiq Youssef with a first round KO over Mowgli. Man, that was a good fight. That was a good S- Sadiq Youssef. I, little criticism I have. He's a little stiff on the feet. Um, he could, you know, he needs to get a little bit more loose, but he looks like somebody to keep your eye on. Um, for the first round KO, tough guy, tough guy was walking down Mowgli and was showing no respect for his striking. Got caught, came back, cleared his eyes, and uh, and finished the fight with a first-round KO. Uh, another one for Nigeria. These Nigerians are taking over. They're literally taking over in the UFC. Literally. You have Stylebender, Nigerian. You have um, Kamaru Usman, Nigerian. There's a bunch of guys just like Sadiq Youssef that are uh, you know up-and-comers taking over in sports in the nfl nigerians anthony joshua nigerian nigerians are taking over man nigerians are taking over yanis Oladipo. i know i've just butchered his last name the greek freak nigerian these guys are taking over these guys are taking over all of us uh i like to i like to uh, you see how i said us i'm a honorary member of uh Nigeria. I'm an honorary citizen of Nigeria. So us super eagles, we're taking over. We're taking over. So next fight on the card, you have Paulo Costa over Yoel Romero. <sighs> you Paulo Costa to me is a guy in the division that I would not want to fight. Same with Yoel Romero. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Paulo Costa is better than Yoel Romero, but oh my God, he was hitting Yoel. I mean, credit to Yoel. He was taking, he was getting blasted by punches and kicks to the face. Joe Rogan on his Instagram put up the craziest picture of Yoel taking a shin, pretty much a baseball bat to the face and walking right through it. The whole fight, he was doing this thing where 
Apollo would walk forward, hit, hit him with haymakers, and Yoel was sticking his tongue out at him to like mock him, like, 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 like uh, making fun of him. Like, is that the best you got? And then Paulo started doing it to back to Yoel later in the third round. Oh my God, what a fight! What a fight! I, I was so nervous going into that fight. So anytime my favorite fighters are fighting, I get nervous. To the point where your boy had to watch the f about half of the first round live from my bathroom while sitting on the toilet. That's how nervous I get. That's how nervous I get. So much so that I got to go to the bathroom and take a shit. I get nervous for my favorite fighters. Anderson Silva would do, would do numbers, would do a madness to my stomach before his fights. I would get so nervous. Conor McGregor, another one I would get so nervous for. George Masvidal, uh, Yo Romero. These guys, my favorite fighters, would make me so nervous. And I get scared, man. I get nervous for them. Um, but yeah, Yo Romero, Paulo Acosta did not, did not, did not disappoint. And where do I stand on the decision? It could have gone either way. Do I think Yo won? Yeah. I think he won the second and the third round. Absolutely. He snuck the second, convincingly won the third. But, um, Yoel's the type of fighter, man, his style is not pleasing to the eye of judges. And he does not fare well when his fights go to the judges. When it goes to the cards, it doesn't fare well. Um, not at all, man. Not at all. So, does this hurt Yoel? No, it does not. Yoel is a beast, man. He is a beast. Just the way he walks through. And Paulo Costa has heavy, heavy, heavy hands. He's going to hurt a lot of people in his UFC career with those heavy hands that he throws. And he's good, man. The dude is durable, excellent stamina, uh... A beast, a beast. He he looks like a superhuman freak. He looks like he belongs in the Avengers. Oh, and Yoel too. I'm not saying that Yoel doesn't by hyping up Paulo. It's just that they both are superheroes. This is the first time we actually saw two superheroes going at it. Unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. I I have no words. I keep saying unbelievable, and then I say I have no words. Unbelievable is a word. Either way. Either way. Next fight on the card. Nate Diaz gets the decision over Anthony Pettis, but he was outclassing Pettis, and I saw it in the first round. I don't want to say first, but definitely in the second round, the moment where he broke Anthony Pettis, and he knew that he was going to win the fight. I saw it. I saw it. Nate. Does the Diaz brothers has a style. I don't know why more people... I, I don't want to say more people... Corey, Colby Covington does it too. We saw it versus um, Robbie Lawler. This pat, 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 death by a thousand cuts um, style that they have. You have to have the gas tank to be able to do it. But they, they, they are the masters of that. They are the masters of that. This, you know, and you look at Nate, the way he fights, he's very awkward. You wouldn't say that this guy has clean striking not like, uh, you know, he doesn't have the, the clean striking that, say, Max Holloway has. That he has the clean boxing that, that even Frankie Edgar has. Has or had, however you want to, which way you want to, you know, 
phrase that. But these guys, the Diaz brothers, go out there and they just get the job done. They just beat the hell. They beat the brakes off of their opponents. And how do you like that at the end of the fight? Nate calls out George Masvidal for the baddest, the baddest motherfucker belt in the UFC. 209 versus the 305. You guys already know what I'm gonna, who I'm pulling for in that fight. You already know that if one of us go to war, we all go to war. And I'm have always have the back of the home team. So I'm riding with George on that one, like I always have. Um but Jesus Christ, that's gonna be an epic fight. And then the 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 main event, you know, Stipe defeating DC by TKO in the fourth round. Um, DC was make no mistake. DC was winning that fight. DC was winning that fight. He had the fight won. If he would have just chilled and and, and picked his shots and and been a hundred percent defensive, wrestled for the fourth and fifth round, even losing the fourth and fifth round handily. He would have won that fight three rounds to two. Easy. But for whatever reason, whether it was Stipe, Stipe deciding that he was going to win the fight or DC getting off the gas pedal and just being content with chilling. Um, he paid. You know, Stipe made an adjustment and started ripping and digging into the ribs of DC and to, to get the victory in the fourth round, the TKO. And right away after the second one, you could tell the DC did not enjoy getting those liver punches at all. And Stipe was putting him in there. Stipe, Stipe can box. A lot of people like to say that, oh, JDS, Junior Dos Santos is the best boxer in the heavyweight division. He has some of the best boxing. Uh-uh-uh. The immigrant mentality of Stipe Mayotic. Uh, I would say he has the best boxing. Um, Yeah, I would say he has the best boxing. Period. Period. In the heavyweight division. And has had the best boxing in the heavyweight division. And last night he showed it again. He showed it again. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So what else? Great matches over the weekend. Great goals over the weekend. On Saturday, you had Pookie put in a hat trick with three fantastic goals over uh, Newcastle. The man, Pookie Chu, hit Newcastle with a lightning bolt um, and scored three goals. I mean, and speaking of which, Norwich, we play him next. Norwich, we play him next. For me, Pookie's, I mean, he definitely put his name uh, on the top of the list of every manager playing uh, playing that's about to face Norwich. But I give you a name that, at least for me, brings me nightmares. Tim Kroll. Tim Kroll, the former Newcastle keeper, is now the keeper at Norwich. This dude had the uncanny ability to always turn up against Chelsea. So I am very, excuse me, very nervous to play Norwich this uh this saturday coming up very very nervous so we, we we shall see we shall see uh again i don't know if you guys watched the city versus uh spurs that was a great match that was a great match i mean again i love football i love football i love chelsea first and foremost but i love football and, and if you're a football supporter a football fan that city versus uh, versus spurs match was great was great and how about var how about VAR coming in again? Again. How about that? In the 90s, what? The 92nd minute, Gabriel Jesus 
puts the ball in the back of the net. The empty hat, the empty hat is going insane. They won the match and Michael Oliver starts touching his ear. You already start getting nervous when that ref starts tickling. The tickle happens in the ref's ear. You already start getting nervous, boy. And VAR ruled the match, uh, the, the goal, um, well, I don't even want to say offsides, but, you know, didn't count. The goal didn't count. So that was a fantastic match. Uh, another great goal. Barca versus Bilbao. The overhead, the overhead bicycle kick in the 89th minute. Fantastic. And how about, how about the goal that Pablo, Pablo Dybala scored this weekend? Absolutely disrespectful. Illegal. Illegal. How are you going to turn? In the box versus another professional defender, then have the balls to chip the keeper right after. Oh my god, that was absolutely illegal, disrespectful. What he did for that goal, bro. If I'm a def if I'm that defender, immediately, immediately, I break his legs. You got to do something to get your respect back. You cannot, you cannot have somebody do that to you and you're just going to stay like that. Like, like somebody just punched you in the face and you're just going to get and stay there like that. That's how disrespectful that goal was. Disrespect. How do you go home to your wife and your kids and you look them in the eye and you know they just saw another grown man do that to you? How do you go home? I, 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 mean, I couldn't. I couldn't. That just too disrespectful. Absolutely disrespectful. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, guys, let's get into the post-match review with Matt Piper. My favorite podcast. Without a shadow of a doubt, my favorite podcast. So, guys, let's welcome, let's give a big round of applause to Matt Piper um, for the post-match review. Here it is. All right, what's going on, everybody? I am here with Matt Piper, the soccer mentor, former pro for Leicester City, and currently a sports broadcaster for the Leicester matches on BBC. Matt Piper, welcome to the All-American Chelsea podcast. What's going on, homie? Yo, man, I'm just so pleased to be on. We, me and you have been chatting for a few weeks, few months even. Yes. We were going we to do this last season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, in the end, it never happened. But this season, I was like, definitely. When I go and see Chelsea at the bridge against my team, Leicester, I'm going to come on and we're going to chat about the game. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, um, you well, the first time you and I had contact, well, b barely contact. I heard about your YouTube channel, um, on Reddit, my favorite website on planet Earth. Um, and somebody had mentioned like, hey, like, is there any good YouTube channels of anybody like coaches or whatever? And somebody had mentioned there's a great channel with a guy that used to be a former pro. His name is Matt Piper. His YouTube channel is really good. As a matter of fact, one of the videos that um. Unfortunately, I'm still struggling at is uh, crosses, and there's the one that you did with your brother where you were whipping it in and you showed the three different crosses. And I was like, "Yo, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get this because I tend to play." Uh, all right, so long story short, I started playing football. Um, I'm an American, so of course I played all the American sports. And from the age of six to like about twenty something, all I did was play American football. Then when I started getting to 
actual soccer, football, whatever. Um, mm. I started playing more and more and more and more and more. And now that's all I play. I play three times a week and I'm constantly looking for videos and looking for everything. And and, and since I, I tend to play defense and what as deep, you know, defender, you know, left back or right back, you constantly you got to whip in the ball for crosses. So your video actually was one of the videos that I would dr- use to drill um, how to work a cross that you did with your brother. And so, really, uh, yeah, 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 man. I'm, I'm so pleased because when I first started that channel, a lot of people were sort of because I'm quite well known in Leicester, a lot of people were sort of laughing at me. You know, why are you starting a YouTube channel? Why are you trying to? But listen, if I can help people get better at this game that I love, I've played this game since I was five, six years old. If that's why I started the channel, because if I can help one person even get better at this game, that's what I wanted to do. And that's why I started it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I should say you definitely taught me how to how to cross in the ball. Now, whether I'm successful at it, <laughs> I'll leave that up to the judges. <laughs> hey, practice makes perfect. Holy shit. That. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Like, I... I don't know. I, I just, I, my whole goal when it comes to football, and then we'll get into the post-match review. All right, for all the listeners, chill, okay? We're going to get into the post-match review. All right, sit your asses down. But <laughs> for all, for like, I look at, I look at, um, I look at it like this. Everybody that I play against, they always say the same thing. You look like somebody that stopped playing when they were, they were playing all their life and then they stopped playing, period, when you were 13, 14 years old, right? I look at it like this. As a 36-year-old man, and I have friends who are coaches at high school, um, in high, uh, for high school teams. I look at it like this. If I just want to get good enough that I would be picked for the varsity or the senior level um, high school team, my local high school team. If, I'm, if I can go from zero to then being as good as a high schooler, I'm fine with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't need to be any any better than that. And there we go. My goddamn dogs ruining the show <laughs> once again. Your missus, your missus and your sons just got back from shopping. Yep, from Walmart, <laughs> the world-famous Walmart. So... So yeah, so one your videos and I mean your videos were 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 key. Like were those videos, um, the passing videos, the one twos that you did, all those videos I used to watch big time. Um and and uh I remember what you did you did a, a video or a post uh, on YouTube right after Lester won the championship and I, I sent you a message and you replied back. I was like, damn, this guy's pretty cool, man. So Yeah, man, it's a good place to connect with people, I think, YouTube. It's just, I used to, when I first started making them videos, I love making them videos because of all the things I've already said. But then now I took it onto a next step and created my own academy to try and help as many kids as I could. And that just takes up all my time now. So from September, we're going to have 50 kids that attend my, that attend my academy every day. Um, And one of them went for a trial at a league club the other day. So it's working. I'm gonna get back to the YouTube eventually because that's where my passion is. I'm like you, Christian. My passion is about creating. So you're creating your podcast. I created the YouTube, and I just love creating and I love sport, and that's why it all brings it together. Yep, that that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so here we go. Let's get into the match. Um, 
And I wanted to have you on and I'm excited to have you on because you can put me into the preparation, into the locker room or dressing room, as you guys call it. You can actually put me at Stanford Bridge uh, as a as a spectator and as an actual, you know, a, a professional that's going to be on the pitch. And you can kind of get us, the listener or me and the listeners into that mindset of of what is you know from your eye from from the bench's point of view from the pitch's point of view like you know you know what i'm saying like everybody knows um but first the first thing i gotta ask you why do you guys one at the bbc use those microphones that have the little top on it like 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 why do you guys use those microphones? Yeah, yeah. like what is that like i don't what <laughs> only in the uk or only abroad outside of the united states are those microphones used what is that tell really? me about you it. don't use them in america hell no those guys everybody uses uh uh headphones and then they have the microphone here oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't use they handheld do. what is that that's sort of that's called a lip mic, first of all, and it's because it's got a little bridge on the top that sits on the top of your lip, under your nose. And the reason why it does that is to cancel out your breathing from your nose. Oh. So, you know, sometimes when you hear a guy and he's commentating and you can hear him breathing deep, they oh. cuts all that out because it's called a lip mic. It sits on the top. And it's just I just like it. It's that sort of like old school way to commentate. Oh, yeah. You understand that? Yeah. So it, it's got something to it. And normally they're always brown. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Yeah. People will be Googling them now. If they Google a lip mic, that's what it is. It sits just under your nose and on the top of your lip. And it allows the microphone to come very close to your mouth so it yes. can pick up the speech. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, like But I've always seen it. I've always seen it. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, True Jordy, he when he was commentating on the KSI and and whatever fight or whatever he had one. Uh, I always see the UK guys have it. I I don't know if if South America uses it. I don't know if Europe in general uses it. But I always see you guys anytime it's it's the Premier League. I always see you guys using it. I'm like, what the hell? They don't. Where, where's the stick? <laughs> it's just it's right. Here. It's a normal headset. That's what we 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 always see everybody use that, but. All right. Whew. So we got that out of the way. I had to have that answered. All right. So here we go. Now, all right. All right, everybody. Here we go. This is what you came for. All right. Here's the post-match review. Okay. So <sighs> Leicester versus Chelsea. I personally, personally going into this match, um, I was worried. Well, even going into the Liverpool match, I was worried for two things. One, that we were going to have a bad showing at Liverpool. I don't think we did that uh, versus Liverpool in the Super Cup. I don't think we did that. Yes, we lost in PKs, but to me, in my mind, that game ended in a draw, and it, it alleviated some of the pressure off of Frank Lampard. But Leicester, Leicester, Leicester always... They might not be a top six club, but they sure play like it. Leicester can yeah. always, 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 they're dangerous. And it doesn't matter who is on the sidelines. It doesn't matter who's on the field. Leicester is always dangerous. And I remember when, when, when Leicester got promoted that first season, they were kicking everybody's ass out of nowhere. Yeah, you guys were in a relegation battle, whatever, towards the end of the season. But they were getting into people's ass during the season. So I'm always worried with Leicester always. So 
this match, I mean, it 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 was it was very concerning to me going in. So, from your perspective, what did what like what what, what was the like, what did you think coming into the bridge? Like, like, what, what were you guys concerned, or do you think the locker room was concerned, or hey, you know, we're facing a new Chelsea or whatever, we can win this? Well, Christian, let me ask you this: Have you ever been to Stamford Bridge? Uh, but, uh, I physically no, mentally I go every day and I cry right. tears. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, Bro, I, I let me tell I you, cry every time. Let me tell you this. I said it today on the on the radio for the BBC that I was working for. Stamford Bridge is without doubt the best place to go and watch a football match ever. And I've been to a lot of stadiums. It's so nice. West London, a really nice part of London. Uh, people are nice. The food is unbelievable. And the atmosphere around the ground is always very good. Like last season, it was brilliant. Season before, and I played at Stamford Bridge twice when I was a player. Um, but this season and today, there was even more of a buzz. Uh, and I, I didn't know this stat, but I didn't know Chelsea's all-time record goal scorer is Frank Lampard. Two eleven. He's a midfielder. You've had people at that club like Drogba. All these wonderful players, Hazard and Frank Lampard is the all-time goal scorer. So he's a legend in the eyes of the football club. So what I was worried about with Leicester City is he wants to get off to a good start as manager. Every manager wants to. He loses to Man United, even though I thought that was a false result. Chelsea played really well in that match for 65, 70 minutes. Man United got the first, then they got the second, and then the third and fourth came quickly. But that was a false result. For me, on paper, it was a false result. If anyone watched that game, you would have known that Chelsea have got some good young players. Um, and then the Liverpool game, they played really well. I thought Pulisic was a superstar. He's going to be a superstar. Um, Hazard's not going to be that missed with a guy like that because he's going to be that good. And he's American, Ooh. right? Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Mate, I loved him. He was, he, he was one of Chelsea's best players today. The boy that scored the goal today, Mason Mount, he's been at Derby, which is a team that I don't like because it's Leicester's big rivals because they're right near us. But he was a superstar today as well. He took his goal really well. Um, so initially going into the game, I was worried because I thought the atmosphere that was there because it was Frank's first home game, the crowd are always on Chelsea's side, great crowd at Chelsea, great players. I thought it was going to be a tough game. I, I said... To the, to the Leicester fans that Chelsea will start fast. They're, go, they're going to want to try and hit the front running. They're going to try and score in the first three, four minutes and they're going to be very quick. And that's exactly what they did. And after, what would you say, after 10 minutes, Chelsea literally had, should have been three or four nil up. Um, I, I, I always, let me ask you a question. Are, are you? I'm not sure. Are you a fan of the UFC or, or boxing or anything like that? I am. Okay. Yeah, both of them. Okay, so have you ever noticed? And this is something that now I am. I'm gonna be looking out for. What I saw today, Liverpool and United was Chelsea coming out and throwing bombs in the first round of the of the fight and That's trying exactly, to yeah. end it right then and there. And what I noticed from Leicester was the older, experienced veteran 
inviting the pressure and saying, I'm going to win this fight in the second and third round. And before the half, I was like, we need to score another goal to end this, to end this fight, um, to end this match. And, 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 and I wonder, do you think Brendan Rodgers or even going forward, the other managers will pick up on something like that? I think they were. I mean, why that was important today for Leicester is because we know the Super Cup was on Wednesday. It obviously went to extra time. It went to penalties. We knew that if we could keep it at one, well, this is how I felt anyway. If we could keep the score at just one nil, I thought on the radio, I said that Brendan Rodgers will go in happy at halftime because there were so many chances. I remember the Kante one. I remember the Pedro volley into the side netting should have done better. I remember the header that was headed down and, and Schmeichel saved it. They had three or four golden opportunities where they should have gone further in the lead, two, three nil. And you could see the tension building. I literally sat six seats behind um, the home team dugout. So Lampard was in front of me. And I was looking at him and he had tension in his body. And it's because exactly what you just said, they were swinging bombs in the first three, four, five, ten minutes. And they needed that second and maybe even third goal because Leicester, as you've already said, are such a dangerous side, especially on the counter-attack. This guy, Var, I mean, you bring up counter-attack and the first word I, 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 my mouth says, my brain says is Vardy. That, that Vardy party. That's the first thing. That counterattack that man is infamous for. Um, yeah. Leicester are. Yeah, Leicester are. Leicester are. I mean, uh, that, the Premier League with the counterattack. Yeah, I mean, what was it? Okasaka. Okasaka. I mean, dude, that dude, him and Vardy made a living. Ramarez made a living on the counterattack. They're making millions of millions of dollars straight up with the counterattack. So I was, I'm always worried about Leicester. Oh my god! Now, so so Wednesday, you know, Chelsea played in in the Super Cup. Mm. Brendan Rodgers has just obviously you guys played last weekend. So is are, are, is 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 it's take me into the training the to the training grounds. Is Brendan Rodgers the staff the players who's paying attention to that match on Wednesday? So that match on Wednesday, I don't think because of how far away it was, Leicester would have sent a a scout to do a scouting report. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use. There's a lot of companies now in England and Premier League football that where you can employ to go and do a to go and watch the game live and do a real detailed technical scouting report. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some of these scouting reports where it goes down to the amount of distance covered by each player. So which players might be more tired at the mm-hmm. weekend where you could you could utilize our, our assets as in players down that side of the pitch more, try and take them deep mm-hmm. into the game. Um, so there would have been some kind of scouting report done. Everyone would have would have probably watched that game in full. It might have been recorded by Brendan Rodgers and they watched it in full to see how Chelsea set up, set up against Liverpool and played. Um, because it's big business now, right? You've already said it. These guys are making 
£150,000 a week. You know what I mean? It's huge business now, the Premier League. And to get a 1-1 today was, was by taking Chelsea deep into that game. Because literally, it was a game of two halves, I thought. Chelsea should have scored three or four in the first half, totally dominated the game. Second half, I thought it was all Leicester. I don't. Th- I don't even know if Chelsea had a shot on target in the second half. I, I, I not a meaningful one. No, that I can re- that I can remember. Not a meaningful one. I'm sure, guys. I'm sure right now there's a listener going, "You stupid son of a bitch!" There was a meaningful shot in the 82nd point two minute. I don't remember it. Okay, <laughs> relax. I don't remember it. Okay, that's what I'm trying to tell you. There wasn't a meaningful shot. Uh, uh, uh you know, I, I know. Um. Yeah, there was a corner. You had Zuma. Uh, going on a header. I mean, there, yes, there was something happened, but I don't remember it. Okay. Um, well, this is the difference, Christian. This is the difference. Sitting there in the ground mm-hmm. in the first half, I thought, "Oh my God, Chelsea are the best team I've ever seen." This is what was going through my head. Best team I've ever seen. Pulisic is just dropping shoulders. Cruyff turns, nutmegging people. No one can get near him. Kante was all over the place. Like closing down everyone. Leicester couldn't get out. It was pure panic. I thought it was going to be 10-0 by half-time. That's what it felt like. And in the second half, I didn't feel threatened whatsoever. I thought Leicester were going to win the game. So that's why I say it was a game of two halves. It's just a feeling you get and the atmosphere. So maybe there might have been a shot on target from Chelsea in the second half, but nothing that I thought was going to trouble Leicester. Yeah, no, I, I I felt the same. I was getting, I was having conversations, text message, DM groups, and you know how it goes. Um, and I I was just saying, we need to score another goal, or we're gonna be very lucky to get out with a draw. I was saying the two, two things simultaneously at, at the very same time. I was, I mean, I, I was watching it on TV, and the announcer was like, okay, it was like the seventy something minutes. Like, all right, we know that Vardy's gonna get an opportunity to score. He always does. His chance is coming. Sure enough, a few minutes later, it was his opportunity to uh, at the end of the game. Uh, what is this dude's name that was killing us? Number ten for for Madison. Life. Oh my God, Madison. That guy was I destroying think, I us. I think Chelsea will want to buy him in the future. I'm telling you now. Ooh. He's a good, good footballer. Yeah, my God, I, he was destroying us. He was, he was, he, him by himself should have had three goals. Mm. By himself, he missed. He missed a really easy chance, the one that he blazed over, over the, the bar. bar. Yep. Yeah, he took about three or four Chelsea players on in the box. The opportunity presented himself, and he just, he had a rush of blood to the head, and he just tried to smash smashed through the ball to hit the net and he just caught it wrong and it flew over the bar. But for me, I think Leicester have walked away from that game thinking, wow, we've dropped two points there. Because even though Chelsea battered us in the first half, I thought second half, we did enough to win that game. I can't can't disagree. I can't disagree. I'm saying we are so lucky we got a draw I, I yeah you guys are 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 disappointed with dropping two points you, mm. you, you part, drop cuz you got one no problem you should have had two um all right so let's circle back a second here uh wednesday you get your scouting reports everybody sees the match um so thursday i'm assuming every you you, you get called in for training you're at the grounds what is brendan rogers 
telling his team, how can we attack this side? I think he would have. So let me take you through the week of a footballer. Please do. Um, yeah. So Monday in breakfast, half nine at the training ground. And then by Monday, we were already thinking about tactics for the weekend. So the, the manager will have a meeting, half an hour, 45 minutes, just go through on how he sees playing against Chelsea at the weekend. That would have started as early as Monday. And I'm pretty positive that Brendan Rodgers would have said, he's gone with two sitting midfielders today, Hamza Chowdhury and Ndida, because we needed to be secure. That back line needed to be you know, tight. Six players that are going to be behind the ball when we lose possession, especially against Chelsea. Um, and then he would have worked on that throughout the week. But Leicester's, Leicester's main, we've already spoke about it so much, but their main threat against the top six and why they do so well is because the speed of Vardy and playing on the last defender. So Christensen and Zuma today, every time you see Vardy, he was always standing on one of their shoulders. Vardy's not the type of striker like we've seen with Giroud in the first half especially. I thought he was brilliant coming up, receiving the ball. He was always in front of our defence. He's always Giroud good at is, that. Yeah, he's brilliant at that. He was strong. He was holding it up with his chest. He was bringing, you know, Pedro, Pulisic. He was bringing those guys into play. Vardy's not that kind of striker. Vardy don't want to receive the ball deep. He wants to receive the ball in behind the opposition defence and run onto it. And that's counter-attack football. And that's what I think Brendan Rodgers set his team up for today. So he would have worked on that throughout the week. Wednesday would have been a day off for the Leicester team. Most, most Premier League clubs had take a Wednesday off, give the players a rest. Um, Thursday, drilling down the tactics and the shape even more. Uh, it would have been a double session on Thursday. Friday is a quick, fast five-a-side. 45 minutes, hour at the most. And then it's travelling down to London. Uh, they would have travelled down Friday after training. And then we we have dinner down there. We go for a walk. And then we all go to our rooms and watch movies. Nobody hits the club. Nobody. No, no <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Nobody not hits anymore. the club. Wink, wink. <laughs> Everybody's hey, on curfew. Wink, wink. <laughs> I gotta say, do you know what? Not anymore. Not anymore. In my day, two thousand and two to two thousand and ten, when I was playing in the Premier League, two thousand and eight, I played in the Premier League for six years. That we used to maybe go out on a Friday night, have a couple of drinks, but be in bed by two, three o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. and you play in a Premier League match the next day. These guys. That that can't happen anymore. The amount of foreigners now that have come over, especially these European guys, they don't drink, they don't go out, they just they just live for their football, hmm. and that's why they're all so super fit. They've took the game to a different level. That's true the, too. That's the kind true. of last guy of my era to still play top flight football recently, but still live like an older era guy that has a fag now and again, has a cigarette has a bit of a smoke, has a drink, messes about with women and whatever, was probably Wayne Rooney. Nah, the fat man, Wayne Rooney. Now he, bro, this guy comes to the United States and straight away gets arrested. I love it. The fat man, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> He's the bad boy, mate. He's the bad boy. Such a good player, though. 
Oh, he Wayne Rooney. I mean, you have to respect the man. You have to respect the man. You have to respect the man. But yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. These guys are probably, you know, taking it real serious for sure. For sure. For sure. They're sliding into the DMs while they're in the hotel room, <laughs> swiping right for sure. But, you know, everything's happening in the hotel room. Why, why go out? Why go out when the party can come to you? So yeah, you can't exactly you I'm cannot. I, I see it in Jamie Vardy's eyes. You can see it in his eyes. You've been up and close and personal to him. I have not. But from 4000 miles away, I see it in his eyes. That man is about that life. He is down to party anytime, anytime. I see it. He can, he can, he can try to fool everybody else. But I enjoy partying. I know he enjoys that party, bro. That guy's down. <laughs> I think they do. I think they do. He's I mean, down. He's down. Living sure. the life, living the life of a Premier League footballer. Now it's like a, it's like an NBA player in, in America. Yeah, it's like a rock star. You're that famous now. You are like a rock star. It doesn't matter where you go in the world because of the game FIFA. Everyone knows your name. That's how I got into. That's how I got into it. I I I am a I'm I'm a fan because well I. Long story short, I've I've super listeners of the podcast are gonna have heard this a thousand times, but this is the first time I'm telling you. I grew up in the states. I was used to only watch the World Cup. I only I didn't know. I didn't know there was such things as club football. I had no idea. So for years I would just watch the World Cup and then here comes I start I, I was a kid that played Madden, you, you know, uh, all my life. Then here comes the World Cup along. I start playing FIFA at the same time. I start I I, I watch the England versus Germany match. Here's John Terry. Here's uh, Ashley Cole. Here's Joe Cole. Here's Frank Lampard. I see a, a a cover of a magazine with Ronaldo. I know who Ronaldo is. I have no idea who this black guy sitting standing next to him are, are, is. This guy's got to be good because Ronaldo's good. That black guy turned out to be Didier Drogba. So that's how I got into Chelsea, be through FIFA wow. and, 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 and through, quite honestly, being terrible at FIFA at the time that I had to pick the best team. That team at that time was Chelsea. My favorite color is blue. It all worked out. You know, I have friends and family that uh that are friend that are fans of different uh, uh, supporters of different teams in the Premier League and none of them supported Chelsea so I wanted to support a team that nobody else liked it all the stars aligned and you know once once I get very passionate about things so uh, immediately it took it took no time for me to jump in and 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 start uh you know this this team and the sport consuming my life um you know, started playing, started everything. So it, 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 that's how I got in because because of FIFA. And you're right, they're the rock stars. You know, the, these guys are known everywhere. Uh, you know, it's not a it's not a it's not you know a secret that Miami is one of the best partying places uh, on the planet. It's a destination, and plenty of players come through um, Miami, the clubs in Miami, and 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 people they walk in are like. You have half of the club has no idea who they are. The other half are going insane because this guy is here. Um, uh, shit, who was just here? This summer we had people here. Deli Ali. 
Deli Ali was here. Uh, Jesse Lingard was here. Pogba uh, it, it was here like two years ago with Lukaku and 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 uh, and who else is this? Uh, um, the Frenchman. Uh, he plays at Barcelona now. Antoine Griezmann. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Two years ago, you get some top players over there. Yeah, hey, yeah. one of my one of my best friends lives over there or or near there. Where does he live? So you know, Drogba used to. Is Drogba still involved with Phoenix Rising? I think he's him and if Drogba and Eden Hazard are both uh, owners in uh, yeah, Phoenix owners, Rising. Owners and my friend played for that team. Jordan Stewart. He used to play at Leicester with me. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. You know, and you know who uh, around around um, a lot of people don't know. Well, I, shit, I didn't know either. But George Weah went to uh, he was he went back to school as an as an older gentleman in his later in his years, and he went to school. He was in university with uh, with with pretty much my brother in law. Like they were sitting next to each other. My brother in law. He uh he 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 as a ch- as a kid as a teenager he was uh getting being scouted by top clubs in Europe. So imagine you're going to university, you're in your twenties, you're a football fanatic, and you're sitting next to class with George Weah. Your 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 head explodes. It were, mine would have exploded. <laughs> like, I was a good player. I was good because I played in the Premier League and whatever. Yeah, you gotta be good. I was not. I was not on the levels of mans like that. When I was growing up, he's the sort of guy, him, Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Um, Dennis Bergkamp. I have some amazing players that I grew up watching and wanted to emulate when I got older. And I got, I realized my dream by playing in the Premier League, but I was never on their kind of standard. Them guys are like gods to me. Ah, shit, I mean... And the ultimate guy was R9, the original Ronaldo. Ah, the toenail. <laughs> <laughs> Ronaldo Phenomenal. Yeah, that's that's uh, as, a, as a kid, um, I mean, that was always my team until I was older uh, and I got into more of American, get you know, the men's national team. But yeah, no, I, 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 till this day, I support, till this day, till this day, I support um, uh, Brazil and the United States. So, yeah. oh shit, we're off track, and listeners are, are are going crazy. All right, I can go. I can do this all day long. I can go and rant and tangents and, and sidetrack all day long. All right. So we're okay. So here comes the match. The match has started. You you said that the ground was electric. I mean, you had Frank Lampard on the front uh, cover of the the program. Um, yeah. or the little pamphlet. I, I'm not sure if you guys call it something different. Um, yeah, program. The program at the match. There was a buzz. Let me let me get your opinion. As 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 an Englishman and a, and as a former pro, how do you what what is like this whole Frank Lampard thing? This whole I, I don't I don't want to call it an experiment. I I don't want to say that. I think that's a little bit too. It, it may have negative con- connotations to it. But mm. this whole Frank Lampard to Chelsea with Chelsea being Frank Lampard's manager number 14 it's since 2003 uh, for Roman Abramovich I think he bought the club in 2003 or right around there 2003 2002 yeah he did he did yeah and, and so this whole Frank Lampard let's call it a situation from your perspective what do you see it as like what, what what's your vantage point on it well normally when you see top players go into management, it's very difficult for them because they have such high standards 
mm. that it never translates um, well to the team that they're managing, right? Because you're going to look and you're going to think, wow, I could have scored that. I could have done this. This is how I would have done that. And a lot of ex-players have that, especially good ex-players, like legends, like Lampard. You think of all the players that are top players that trans, trans uh, moved over to management and struggled. Roy Keane, uh, Gary Neville, um, there's so many Alan Shearer there's mm-hmm. so many especially mm-hmm. from the Premier League area um, but Lampard right from the start for me was different he, he's, a, he's an intellect as well Frank Lampard I hear that a lot I hear that a lot what does that mean when it comes I hear that he's a brain he's an intellect his IQ is off the charts what does that mean what does that mean frame that you know um, quantify yeah, that is the word yeah I feel, I feel that the reason why I say that is because his brain's not all just about football. He's got those people skills. He, he can translate over into them people skills, the social side of things. He understands that just because you're a good footballer doesn't mean you're going to be a good manager. You need more than that. You need, you know, look at some of the best managers in the world, Jose Mourinho, uh, Arsene Wenger, um, so many didn't even kick a ball well. They didn't play to a good standard. But it's it's those, it's how Sir Alex Ferguson, the best one of them all, he was an half-decent player, Sir Alex Ferguson, but he wasn't a superstar. And I think Frank got that from the start and he, he did a brilliant job with Derby. Derby are not a great football team. Um, it was a big job for him to start with. But the way that he was, I, I went over and I was lucky enough to see a few sessions um, that he put on. Most of his uh, coaching sessions were behind closed doors, but some of the ones that he put on, I managed to see. And he, he, he was just different from what you've seen before. And I thought, this guy's got a chance to become a, a big manager. What Chelsea cannot afford to do is make a quick decision on him. If He's gone two games now. Well, he's had three three games with the Super Cup. He's lost two. He's drawn one. What they can't do is let pressure build on him early. They've got to, they've got to come out and say that they are sticking with him. He's got these new ideas. I like how he's trying to bring youth into the side. Um, and it's a transition time for, Ch- for Chelsea. You've lost your best player in Eden Hazard. I don't like to admit that on the show. I don't, I don't, and personally in my life, Eden Hazard still plays for Chelsea. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> hey, if I, if I, you know, when I was a kid, I supported Arsenal. And if I supported Chelsea, I would be the same as you. <laughs> well, here's, he lost him. He still plays for us. He's he, he, such he, a good player. Here, check my phone. Look, it's in the video. What is it? <laughs> I see so many, there's so many Chelsea fans like you, Christian, because when I walked into the ground today, I must have walked by about 3,000 Hazard shirts and I was letting every single one of them know that he's gone. Let no, him go. Not. Go and, go no, and get not. Pulisic on the back. No, he's not. <laughs> he's still there. Hey, on Twitter, I troll people. I go, I go. when is Hazard going? <laughs> when is Frank going <laughs> to sub him in? Oh, oh, boy. Here he is. The man of the hour. Hi, Baba. Hi, but How I, are you? I'm good. I'm talking. I'm, I'm, I'm literally talking on the show. Are you okay, bud? I love you. You want to say hi? Cairo. 
Yo, oh, you're Kyber. He doesn't hear you. I got it's through the headphones. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Matt's. Well, I don't. I don't want to say. It. I don't want to say it. But we have a. I'll tell you later. <laughs> All right, bye. But <laughs> I told you, it's never, never, never. Uh... Boy, wait till you have four like me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a dog. Uh, well, I, I have I have two. I have two dogs. I have oh, Lennox, okay. Lennox, my my pit bull, and then the Layla, the the one that runs the show. She's a twenty pound dog. Um, yeah, no, I four Matt. I'm gonna have to uh, four kids, brother. I'm gonna for me to have four children. Let's just say that. Uh, let's just say that I'm gonna. I'm my bank account. I, I'm gonna need that bank account to be a little bit more substantial, <laughs> my friend. That bank account. Well, here. For for anybody that's listening, all right. Tomorrow, my son starts his first day of uh, VPK. VPK is volunteer pre kindergarten, right? He's been in school since last year, or preschool. Every Monday, when I walk in to drop him off, when I leave him in his class, I would have to go by the front desk and drop off a pay a, a check of a hundred and eighty dollars. Okay, as of yesterday, that ended. I mean, I, I, tomorrow. Because it's free, VPK is free. I don't have to pay anything. But 180 bucks, in addition to all the other crap that he makes me buy, and all the other stuff that I got to get him, like toys and taking him to Disney World and all that. So for me to put four, four kids through all of that, my man, I'm gonna need a fat, fat, fat bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, you got, you, you got to hope this podcast starts flying. I'm going to need this podcast to start flying. Here, how about this? To all the listeners, help me populate this planet. Sh like and share <laughs> this podcast to everybody so I can make more human beings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I my like God. That, like help me. Help me. Help make more human beings. Oh, my God. So, all right. So. Frank Lampard. Yeah, you're 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 100 correct. You're 100 correct. Is when when it comes to the media, we like we you and I shared on uh um you know privately. Mm. I needed Chelsea to get three points in this match because what you said exactly is what's not going to happen. Chelsea are not going to come out and publicly back Frank Lampard. They're not. That's not the way they run their business model. And 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 why would they? Why would they? show support or give any type of lead way to an underperforming employee because at the end of the day that's what frank lampard is to the company he's an underperforming employee right or wrong i hear what you're saying honestly i hear what you're saying but i think this time it's different it does feel different to me hmm. it feels different the fact that they even gave a novice manager like frank frank lampard the job in the first place you can't give it to someone like that. He would have, he would have had an interview, even though they know him inside out. He would have had an interview. He would have had to impress in that interview. He would have had to say what his vision yeah. was of the football club. He would have let the football club know that he was intending on using a lot of the youth players. Mason Mount, Abraham's up front. Pulisic, he's a young boy they brought in. He would have said that the, the, the way forward for this football club now is to use some of the youth. Um, Adoy, who's coming back from injury. Um, Reese James. He's got so many. Reese James. He's got so many youngsters there that he can really build a good squad around. And someone that he has to look at, or, or someone that Chelsea has to look at at a football club, 
and this is not me being biased, is a Leicester City. You know, they won the league and then that team started to break up. Vardy's getting a little bit older. Schmeichel's getting older. They Mahrez. sold Riyad Mahrez. They sold yep. Kante. Yep. Um, they Wesley sold Morgan Porter. is on the bench. Yeah, Wes Morgan is now getting into an old man. He's probably only got a season left at Leicester City. So what Leicester did, Leicester went through this transition period under their former manager called Claude Puel, and that was one of the hardest jobs in football. One of the hardest times to be a manager, especially if your team is successful, is trying to break that team up and then creating a new identity. What is it going to be? Are you going to use experienced players or are you going to use youth? Are you still going to use the counter-attack football? You know, and Claude Puel had to try and do that. And he started it really well. I think Brendan Rodgers has come in now and he's got the likes of Chilwell, Madison, Ricardo, Hamza Chowdhury. Indeed, he's only 22, played nearly mm -hmm. 200 Premier League games. You know, he, they're starting to build a really successful side and it's based around youth. Mm -hmm. I think that is the way Chelsea are looking, what Chelsea are looking to do. That's why they've put a young manager in charge. They, they will back him. I think they will back him and they'll let him. They, I think they'll give him the time. Don't get me wrong. Chelsea finished 17th this season, 16th, 17th. He's going to be sacked, but I don't think they will. I think they'll finish in the top six. I think Chelsea as a football club will be happy with that. And then they'll be looking for progression again next season. I, I I could I 100% agree I 100% agree and that's and that's so interesting that you also come up with that insight in that introspective um, and you're watching it well I mean watching it from afar being a, a you know how involved you are with Lester um, I'm trying to think what else what I'm trying to do is not give you the well, Matt, I'm trying not to do the professional journalist thing. That's not how we rock here yeah. at, at the podcast. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to think of something else, another insight. Oh, I got an idea. You're the perfect person to ask. Um, and I'm gonna get you out here soon. You're a family man. Thank you so much for your time. I, I, I mean, I couldn't. I, I, anytime. All right. I'm going to have you on this weekend. Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast with Christian and Matt Piper. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you know, soon as well, you know, if my academy keeps going, sorry to just break off, but if I start earning the money that I think I'll earn in the future, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for you to come over and watch a Leicester v. Chelsea game with me. Done. 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 That would be good, oh my that god. Good. That's going to be amazing. Can, take me, and then you could take me on a night out in Miami when I come over there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you like, you already have the keys to the city. You already have the keys to the city. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you choose to 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 break to to crack into the war chest and fly private, I'll pick you up right there. The private airport is is Less than 10 minutes away from my house. It's right there. Right there. If you fly private, I got you. If you come in through Miami International, that's 20 minutes to a half an hour away from my house. I got you. Wherever yeah, you bro. touch down here in from in South Florida, from Broward County all the way to Dade County, I got you. The keys to the city are yours. So, yes. um, 
All right, so here's a question that I have, and this, you're, you 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 provide perfect insight. You're gonna provide perfect insight for this. One thing that we constantly, as supporters, get caught up on, and and I've already had this answered by by uh by by yeah. I, you, you don't you may not know who he is, Joe Tweedy. He's literally the godfather of Chelsea football uh, fandom. Um, one thing we get caught up as fans is. Um, formation. What formation are we gonna play? What tactics are we? We get like these guys. Like you should see the the threads and the 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 mental masturbation these these supporters go through with the tactics and formation. As a professional, as a professional, and as somebody who's played the game, how much does that matter? And should be we so goddamn concerned with formation and this that or the other how much does that matter so when i was playing it's it it wasn't as important as it is now i don't think so so now you can clearly see managers in, implementing a style and a way of playing um it doesn't really matter the actual tactics what position you're going to set up in like for instance today Chelsea played a 4231 mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, just way- to let you know as somebody who's uh, was actually there has somebody um who's actually played the game i saw on twitter multiple people going oh it's a 433 we're playing in a 433 not a single one of them was in the actual meeting rooms with Frank and the rest of the squad and the rest of the team, but everybody understood that it was a four-three-three. Yeah. So, what, what I think pundits like myself, fans, everyone does get caught up on whether I see it as a four-two-three-one mm-hmm. or whether you guys see it as a four-three-three. It's very similar, but mm. basically with the four-two-three-one, and that's what Leicester play a lot of the time as well. You definitely have two two guys that are deeper in the pitch in midfield. Mm-hmm. And today, um, for Chelsea, that was obviously Kante and... Jorginho. Jorginho. My captain. I don't know about yeah. Chelsea's captain, but he's definitely my captain. Yeah, Jorginho. He played well, actually. He's a beast. In, yeah, he's good. And then in front of them three, you had Pedro on the right, Mason Mount in the 10 position, Pulisic on the left, and uh, Giroud up front on his own. And the reason why we talk like that is because out of possession of the football, so when Chelsea are defending, that is exactly how it looks on the pitch. Now, once you have the ball, this is when it changes for, for someone that used to play. It would never look a 4-2-3-1 once Chelsea have possession of the football because the game is so fluid or you want to make the game fluid. You've got players, you will have heard this um, terminology a lot and it's used a lot now. Um, And all it means is fluidity in play. So breaking of the lines. And breaking of the lines means that Akante can sprint from next to Jorginho through a, a two or three block of players of Leicester to create space near a Eugenio or on the far side. And all of a sudden, when you've got runners and it becomes fluid, that's when you find the pockets of space on the football pitch. So it's not so much about what posi- what tactics there are, 
but it's what coach do you have? And Brendan Rodgers is very technical, very technical. And some coaches will drill you for hours. These are the two most important things because they're all that matter in football. In possession of the football, out of possession of the football. Two totally different things. So how are we going to play when we have the, have the possession? And how are we going to get back into a structure when we're out of possession and we're hard to break down? Hmm. And managers that have been the best at that over the years are Guardiola, without doubt, um, and Jose Mourinho. But here's the one that fans never talk about. Mm. Transitioning between the two. That's the hardest thing to coach. So we have the football, and this is what Pep Guardiola is the best at, I think, in the world. We have the football, we're in this position, and we lose it. What happens now? And how to coach the players where you want them to retreat to. Do you see how complicated it gets? Yeah, I mean, you're trying to coach for the one bazillion different variables that can happen within the match. Exactly. And Holy the reason shit. why Pep Guardiola is so good at this is because he breaks the pitch into about 30 different zones in training. So it's easier for the players to understand. So you imagine a football pitch that is cut up into 30 smaller squares. So if the ball is in this square and we lose it to their left back and the left back breaks forward, I need Silva, I need you to retreat into this square, I need Vincent company to retreat into this square. I need this to happen. So those players drilled like that for hours and hours on the training ground. That's why Manchester City are so good at moving back into a defensive position or going to try and win the ball back when they lose it. And then similarly, the other way around. If we're defending and we win the ball, where are we going to move to be able to um, get past the opposition to create chances and that's why Man City for me at the minute are the best team in the world Jesus Christ so you're and I I mean so, so okay so Pep is doing it so that means if Pep is doing everybody is is is, is trying to I wouldn't say do the same but emulate or, or, or try to try to replicate the success yeah Getting to Frank Lampard, how long, in your opinion, does it take for you to implement however, which way you want to try to solve those questions? Well, I think, it, it, Christian, I think this is just my own personal opinion, but I think it's, it's the same with everything in life. So you've got to have your main vision, you, you know, your end goal. This is how I would like my team to play. Now, why it's difficult for a manager is when you come into a football club like Frank Lampard has, all the players at that football club are probably not all the players that he actually wants there. He's going to have to use some players at the minute until he has two, three, four transfer windows to he, he, he builds a squad that he really wants. So... You know, you see some of these managers come in sometimes and they fail within six months. It's because they try and implement a style that they want to play, but they haven't yet got the personnel to play it. 
So they try and force that style on players that can't really achieve the style the manager wants to play. That's the biggest mistake that most managers make when they first go into a football club. But the reason why they do that is because these football clubs are not giving them time to get to that end goal that they want to get to. So they try and implement the style really quick. So now you're starting to understand how difficult it is to be a manager and especially at a top club. Now, for me, if I was an owner in this day and age, I'd take a two, three year hit on a manager. I won't mind as long as we don't get relegated at the Premier League because that's where the money is. Which is what I'm saying. I say as long as we win some type of silverware, it could have been the Super Cup or whatever. I don't care what the trophy is. As long as we win something. Champions League, uh, Premier League, if we drop back into Europa League, FA Cup, Carabao, as long as we see Frank Lampard holding a trophy this season and we don't get relegated, it's a successful season to me, personally. Yeah. Do I want my club saying that? Absolutely not. I've said it a thousand times on this show. If you receive a th- paycheck from Chelsea Football Club, your objective is to be number one at whatever position you you are at at the club if you're a steward on the ground your job is to be the best goddamn steward there is on the planet if you're a secretary at the at the club at Cobham your job is to be the best goddamn secretary that there is on the planet and that goes from the bottom of the bottom to the top of the top that's my opinion what the club should be pushing onto their uh anybody that's getting a direct deposit or however you're receiving the money from the club mm-hmm. however as a supporter as a supporter I want my club. I want I, I as long as Chelsea doesn't get relegated, builds for the future, and lifts some type of trophy this season. That's a win. That's that's a win. Yeah, and and you know what you've just said with so much passion. I love that, and that's how I talk when I talk about Leicester. And one thing that they've done well in recruiting Frank Lampard is they already know his mentality. They already know it from all the years that he put in before. And how you just spoke with that passion there, that is exactly why I think they put him in. Mm. They've gone for big names in the past. They've gone for who's who's the best manager at the minute in Italy that we could get our hands on. Oh, Sarri. Bring Sarri in. He's got a new way of playing. He's got a new style. It was not a good fit for the football club. Listen, Sarri's a good manager. He wasn't a good fit for the football club. I think Frank Lampard is. I think they'll give him time. I think he will lift the trophy this season. And I think he he finishes in the top four from what I've seen today. And the man, the man that I know that he is, I don't know him personally. I played against him twice. But just his drive and his commitment, his passion to be the best at whatever he does. You know, he's wrote books, Frank Lampard. He's wrote kids' books. He's 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 gone out and got the best coaching badges. He's he's done a he's done a degree later on in his life that he got the best marks, the best education you can go and get. He went and got those results, and anything he puts his mind to, he achieves. He did it with his football career, and I'm pretty positive he'll do it with his coaching career. Fucking hell! I can't. I I don't. I don't know what else to say. I think this is the perfect way to uh, end this because, quite honestly, one, I, I could be here all day talking to you and and, and have questions continue to bubble up and, 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 and ask you, and I could sit here talking to you all day. Um, but I can't think of a better way to end, end the podcast. Um, 
I got a better way. Let's end this on a great note. Give me a story. Give me a story. I don't need to know names. I need a story where you are sitting around. You're gonna and you tell your boys you're not gonna fucking believe this. Gather around, everyone. Gather around. Give me a story from the playing days, cause I know you got them. All pros got them. Let it rip, my man. Okay, I'll tell you. This is a story that I said on the radio the other week, and no one believed me, but it's God's honest truth, Christian. You know I wouldn't come on your brilliant podcast and lie to you. This is the truth. When I first got in the first team at Leicester, I was 19 years old. Um, and I played my first game and we lost 6-0 against Leeds. Uh, Rio Ferdinand was playing, Harry Kuehl, Mark Viduka. They had a great football inside. And um, we lost 6-0, but I got Leicester City's man of the match um, because I played quite well. Um the next night after, um, two nights after, we had a game at Stamford Bridge. Now, I didn't play in that game, but I was Leicester's best player, so I was annoyed. So anyway, that night, we played the game. We lost 2-0 uh, at Chelsea in 2002. We went out that night. We went to a nightclub. We had a good time. We had lost, but we had played well against Chelsea. Um, we went out. We were drinking. We were having a good time. I was only 19, remember. And I went downstairs in the in the nightclub to to go to the restroom, as you call it. And I was standing there drunk, young boy, 19, having relieving myself at the urinal. And I looked to my right hand side, and who did I see? Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I swear to you, Christian, it's the truth. You never knew that was coming, did you? You never knew that was coming. I swear, he was in there, mate. It was Stevie Wonder. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, it's Stevie Wonder. And, and people said to me, and I could make the jokes, you know, people said, oh, how did you know it was him? Because he was pissing all over your shoe. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I got a when, question though. What did he say when he saw you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know who he was with. He was with a bodyguard. Oh he was my with a bodyguard standing behind him, and I went, "Oh my god, are you Stevie Wonder?" He went, "Yeah, my man, yeah," like that. And I was like, "Oh my word!" I said, "I'm a, I'm a footballer in England." And he was like, oh, really? Who do you play for? He was a really nice guy. He spoke to me. I ran upstairs and I told, and this is an ex-Chelsea player that plays for Leicester. I told Frank Sinclair. Frank Sinclair played for Leicester uh, that day, uh, but he used to play for Chelsea. And I ran upstairs. I said, you never guess who's in the toilet downstairs. He said, who? And Frank Sinclair is really loud and outgoing like me, but even more, he's real extrovert. And I said, Stevie Wonder. And he said, shut up. I said, I swear. So he ran downstairs and then the whole squad ran downstairs. And Frank Sinclair said to him, I'll never forget this. Frank Sinclair said to him, oh, my God, Stevie, it's such a pleasure to meet you. My mum and dad told me you were playing in the background when they made me. Stevie Wonder loved it, mate. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bro, I don't think... Listen, listen, Matt. I don't think... I don't think there's a better way. Like, that. That you just gave the moment of the season... 
how does it feel to be the, the All American Chelsea Podcast 2019-2020 Guest of the Year? Who's gonna top that? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody's gonna top that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, we'll see, man. We'll see. Oh my I god. Nobody's gonna top I, it. Well, I, oh my god. I've enjoyed being on. Oh really. my god, Matt. I, you know, I, I'm I, come on again. I'm going to come on again this season. I'll tell you when we can do it. When Chelsea are playing Leicester at the King Power. Done. After that game, I'll come on again. Done. And we'll talk again, my friend. Done, done. Matt, if everybody wants to find you, how do they find you on the socials? So on the socials, on Instagram, I'm underscore Matt Piper. Um, I like my Instagram. It's open so everyone can come on there and see what I'm doing. And on Twitter, I'm big on Twitter. I like Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm a big Twitter guy. I'm underscore Matt Piper on there as well. Oh, my God. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Everybody, this is the end of the interview. All right, thanks again to Matt Piper for uh, coming on to the podcast. How hilarious was that Stevie Wonder story? Seriously, that is the hardest I've ever laughed on this podcast. My my ribs were hurting. My ribs were hurting after that story. Absolutely amazing. I can't thank that guy enough. We've been going back and forth since December of last year, almost a year going back and forth, trying to get him onto the podcast. And I can't thank him enough for coming on. Absolutely phenomenal, bro. One of my favorite podcasts, but he might be my favorite podcast of all time, of all time that I've done period. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable. You heard that, guys? Huh? Huh? Your boys big time. You heard that? We're gonna get flown out, flewed out, out to out to the UK. Me and Matt, we're gonna kick it. Chelsea versus Leicester. Huh? You heard it? You heard it? I heard it. I can't wait, man. Oh my god, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh my god, I'm still like I'm still chuckling. Thinking about walking into the bathroom and you're going, you're there taking a piss and fucking Stevie Wonder's next to you. <laughs> Yo, come on, give me my props too. Give me my props. I was quick on the draw when I said, and what did Stevie say when he saw you? <laughs> Get it? What did Stevie say when he saw you? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. So funny. So funny. Oh my god. <sighs> well, oh my god. Anyways, well, thanks again to Matt. Uh, please follow him on, on the socials. Follow him on the socials. Uh, yeah, that dude's awesome. That dude's awesome. That is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Alright, anyways, that's going to be the end of the episode. Um, thank you again to Matt for coming on to the podcast. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear. I, I could have talked to him all day. I could have talked to him all day. I could have continued. I, guys, another thing too, please don't kill me. All right. I didn't prepare questions because one, I, yes, I know I should prepare some questions. Yes, I know. However, I just feel like if I'm talking to you, would you prepare questions to talk to your friend? No, you wouldn't. You would just have, a, you know, you would have a conversation with them. You would just, you know, allow the conversation to flow. You know, I, I've tried. I, you know, you guys know I prepare questions for guests. But in this, 
he saw the match. I saw the match. It, I, I don't know. Something feels a little bit better when you're speaking from emotion, when you're speaking from heart. A, a podcast that I remember that I did with Jimmy Funnel back when Chelsea lost 4-0 to Bournemouth. And we just went off rip, off the cuff, top of the dome. And it just felt like I was able to express myself better. I don't know. 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 You guys tell me what you prefer me with questions or me going off the top of the dome. But either way, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Um, I'll what, Chelsea play Norwich on Saturday. Saturday is my son's fourth birthday party. So I'll be yes, watching the watching the match, obviously, because it's 730 in the morning. But I'll be recording the podcast at, on Sunday, releasing on Monday because you know how your boy does. All right, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, remember, guys, please dream big. Please dream huge. Please dream as big as you can dream and go after it and grind hard. Guys, what did we see? We saw Mason Mount score for Chelsea. Imagine being Mason Mount as a kid at the Chelsea Academy. And thinking one day you're going to score at Stamford Bridge in the home opener for Chelsea with the first team. Imagine, imagine being Mason Mount and walking around and saying it and being and mean crazy enough to believe it against all odds. He did it. Imagine being that guy. All right. Be the Mason Mount of your dreams. Go out there. Dream, hustle hard, make that shit come true. And I'll be there to support you. I love each and every single one of you. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you for, for all the messages and everything. I love you all. I love you all. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Please follow me on Twitter. Uh, please follow me on twitter all american cfc follow me on instagram all american chelsea um i'll talk to you guys again soon i love you big kiss Stimulation to the female gender Ain't nothing better Let me know when it's wet enough to enter If not, I wait Because the future of the world depends on If or if not, the child we raise Gonna have that nigga syndrome Or will it know to beat the arse Regardless of its skin tone Or will it feel that if you tune it It just might get picked on Or will it give a fuck about What others say and get gone The alienators cause we different Keep your hand to the sky Like sounds of blackness When I practice what I preach It don't lie I beat the baker and the maker Of the piece of my pie Now break a break a tenfold Can I get some reply? Now everybody say Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if you like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh, yeah, girl. Now throw your hands in the air. And wave them like you just don't care. And if you like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh, yeah, girl.
all that pimp shit. Everybody let me hear you say, okay. Every day I sit while my nigga be in school, thinking about your second album at the dungeon, shooting pool like ES to the PA, cause we just to the B end the zone. Honey, I'm home, but I'm not married, carried a lot of problems around, being frustrated. And now I'm sitting at the end of the month, I just made it like you made the B team. And like your daddy's wife, you made it off. You heard the ATL, and so back the hell up off. Softly as if I play piano in the dark, found a way to channel my anger, not to involve. The world's a stage and everybody got to play their part. God works in mysterious ways, so when he starts the job of speaking through us, we be so sincere with this here. No drugs or alcohol, so I can get the signal clear as day. Put my block away, I got a stronger weapon that never runs out of ammunition, so I'm ready for war, okay? Hold your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if you like fish and grits and all the pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah, girl. Now hold your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if you like fish and grits and all the pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah.